was reporter and author Sam Ewan who said, hard work spotlights the character of people. Some turn up their sleeves, others, some turn up their noses, and some don't turn up at all. In 2022, car manufacturer Hyundai looked to the future by drawing inspiration from its past. Was this guy, a farmer's son, a mechanic, a dreamer who was determined to build a legacy. And everyone told him it was impossible, he replied. How do you know if you haven't tried it? This spirit still lives on in Hyundai, the company he founded all those years ago. So don't say you can't change the world. Have you tried it? When everyone told him that it was impossible, he replied, how do you know? I haven't tried it. So don't say you can't change the world. Have you tried it? Playwright George Bernard Shaw said, people who say that it cannot be done should not interrupt those who are doing it. And I guess that goes without saying when you are told to build an ark. Let me pray. Jesus, we thank you that we can come around together in a time such as this to reflect, to celebrate communion, to come together in prayer, and now to spend a little bit more time in your word. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us deep to deep, that you would encourage us, that you would inspire us, that as we look at characters of old and not so old, over this series, that you would help us to understand a little bit more about what it means to live by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we commence a new nine-week series where we're going to take some time each week to explore the lives of nine people in Christian history. Nine lives that have been lived with inspiring faith and Our hope is that it will encourage us as we seek to live life well as followers of Jesus. If you miss one of the weeks, I'll encourage you to catch up through our podcasts or our recordings, which are also on YouTube. The flood story is not unique to the Bible or to Hollywood, as we discover, with many different cultures around the world telling the stories of a flood. From Vietnam to India, Native Americans... And across Europe and within religions such as Islam, all have stories about a great flood. One of the most notable of all is the Epic of Gilgamesh, who is supposed to have lived around 2,700 years before Christ. And the tablet of his heroic quest, it dates back to the 7th century BC. In the tablet... The god tasked Gilgamesh's ancestor, Utnapishtim, to create a giant ship called the Preserver of All Life in preparation for a massive flood that will wipe out all. He was also tasked to bring his wife, his family and relatives, along with some of the craftsmen that worked on this great boat, um, uh, and also to bring along baby animals and grains. Because he had preserved 
the seeds of man while remaining loyal and trusting in his gods, Utnapeshtim and his wife were given immortality and a place among the heavenly gods. For Christians, we draw from a different narrative found in Genesis 5 to 9. And rather than focusing on the mountain of water, we will take a few minutes to look at Noah and what we can discover about his faith, his life of faith, and how his life inspires us to live our life well as followers of Jesus. Now, Genesis 5 starts off by almost like a rapid-fire genealogy record in the lead-up to Noah, where suddenly the pace slows down almost to a seeming crawl. In Genesis 5, 28 through to 6, 12, we read this. When Lamech was 182 years old, he became the father of a son. Lamech named his son Noah, for he said, May he bring us relief from our work and our painful labour of farming this ground that the Lord has cursed. After the birth of Noah, Lamech lived another 595 years and had other sons and daughters. Lamech lived 777 years and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham and Japheth. Then the people began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them. And the sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wives. And the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will not be no more than 120 years. In those days, and for some time after, the giant Nephilites lived uh, on the earth, and whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything that they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry that he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. And the Lord said, I will wipe out this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing, all the people and the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favour with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man the only blameless person living on the earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now God saw that the earth had been become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all the corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. As we read this, we discover that Noah was prepared to stand against the cultural pressures of his day. It's as if it was the world was spiralling out of control. Humanity was plunging into the depths of depravity and corruption stained almost every aspect of life. To get ahead, 
you needed to trample on others. And it would have been easy to give in to this way of life. After all, to stand out from the crowd was to put a target on your back. And there's no doubt that Noah, to be a righteous uh, person in a land of corruption, he would have stood out from the crowd. The prophet Ezekiel, in chapter 14, four times recognises Noah's righteousness that served as both an example and a warning um, that salvation was not a birthright, but the outworking of a personal relationship of walking in close fellowship with God was essential. There were heroes and mighty warriors in the land when Noah was alive. People looked to those that, that they tried to emulate. But Noah was neither a hero nor a mighty warrior. His claim to fame was his close walk of fellowship with God, which helped him to live a righteous life. This does not mean that Noah was perfect. The Bible reminds us that there is no one except Jesus um, who is perfect. All of us have stuffed up in some way. Only Jesus is perfect. But even when we make mistakes, even when he made mistakes, Noah stuck close to God and pursued a personal relationship with God that fostered faith not only in his own life, but also as an example to his family. In standing against cultural pressures when corruption is the norm, you stand out from the crowd. And while it does put a target on you, it also allows you to be a voice for the better. Being a voice for the better means that you, you, you don't get involved in the corruption that is the norm. Taking shortcuts to cheat others, fudging things, cooking the books... You become a voice for the better in what you don't do and what you don't say, the way you don't speak down about others, the way you don't engage in racist or crude jokes. Not only in what you don't do and don't say, but also in what you do do and do say. Actions that give life, words that speak hope and comfort, that call people to be better. In 2 Peter 2 verse 5, Jesus' disciple Peter speaks of how Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. This is not and should not be seen as some placard-waving, judgment-serving, soapbox-badgering, street-corner preacher with a megaphone screaming and spitting as he screams, turn or burn. But Noah wanted to warn his neighbours, extended family and others in his community that there was need to change, that the way that they were treating each other was not okay, that there was a better way to live in harmony with Creator God and that there were consequences to not living in a way that honours our Creator. Noah was prepared to stand against the corrupt culture, the, the corrupt cultural pressures of the day, and to be a voice for the better in how to live in a relationship with Creator God, to warn people that if you continue to go down this corrupt path, it will lead to destruction. And if living differently didn't get you noticed, 
than building a massive boat in your backyard that would sit snugly, but just with a few metres to spare, across the width of the MCG, will certainly get tongues wagging. Noah was prepared to live differently and to step into the unknown. Now, you've got to remember that that ark building wasn't something that you learnt at trade school in Noah's day. It's not as if Noah, when he was going through school, and the teacher said, so, Noah, what do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, I think I want to build an ark. Oh, what's an ark? You know, it, it, it wasn't like that. There is something significant, significant about stepping into the unknown. There are plenty of people who are followers, plenty of people who will allow you to be the first. I can only imagine the ridicule that Noah must have faced. If he didn't stand out before because of walking in a close relationship with God and not giving in to the corruption in the world in which he lived, but then to say, oh, God's told me to do something that's never been done before, it would seem nuts. But Noah was prepared to be the first, to take God at his word, to step out in faith, and to step out into the unknown. God said, build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 138 metres long, 23 metres wide and 14 metres high. Leave a 46 centimetre um, opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Obviously, it'll let the vapour of the stench of the animals uh, vent out. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle and upper. But as George Bernard Shaw said, people who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those who are just doing it. And Noah was prepared to be someone to just do it. It's interesting that the Bible specifically recognises Noah and, and his, his commitment to follow God's plan. In Genesis 6.22, we read this. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Noah has a close relationship with God. And as he stepped into the unknown without a dummy's guide, he listened to God and did everything exactly as God had commanded him. No taking shortcuts, no rushing ahead. In fact, in 1 Peter 3.20, it says that God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. We see a similar commitment from Moses in the building of the tabernacle and making the clothes for the priests. In Exodus 40, we read seven times that Moses did um, whatever it was he was called to do, just as the Lord commanded him. When seeds of doubt could have taken root, Noah focused on what God had said. When Noah wasn't sure what to do, he didn't fudge it. He took it to God and asked for wisdom. When it was easy to be distracted by what was going on around him and what other people were saying, Noah stayed focused 
on doing just what God had called him to do. And Noah had a heart for worshipping God. After it was all over, and Noah and his family came out of the large boat, his first response was to worship God. In Genesis 8, 15 to 22, we read this. Then God said to Noah, leave the boat, all of you, you and your wife, your sons and their wives. Release all the animals, the birds, the livestock, and the small animals that scurry along the ground so they can be fruitful and multiply throughout the earth. So Noah and his wife and his sons and the wives and their wives left the boat. And all the large and small animals and birds came out of the boat pair by pair. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord. And there he sacrificed as uh, sacrifices, burnt offerings, the animals and birds that had been approved for that purpose. And the Lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to himself, I will never again curse the ground because of the human race, even though everything they think or imagine is bent towards evil from childhood. I will never again destroy all living things as long as the earth remains. There will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. A natural response to all that God has done for Noah and his family was to worship. In fact, it is the first time we ever read in the Bible of an altar being built to God in worship. Today, you don't have to look far to see the corruption and how it influences culture. When we're not surprised when our political leaders lie and fudge facts, when businesses cheat employees out of wages, when people firebomb businesses of people that they don't like, or do drive-by shootings at a local Lebanese bakery up the road, when 70% of all marriages experience an affair, standing against corrupt cultural pressures is not easy. But as followers of Jesus, we are called to be different, even if it means standing out. We're called, like Noah, to be a voice for better, to encourage, to challenge, to model what it means to live in a right relationship with Creator God. Not a self-righteous attitude, not about thinking that we are better, but rather, if we really want to live life well, then we do it by following Jesus and we encourage others to live in a right relationship with Jesus as well. That we live by faith and are prepared to step into the unknown, even when it's never been done before. If God calls us to do something, we're prepared to step out in faith and follow God's call on our life. It could be in what we do for work, where we live, to try new things. We do this because we're committed to following God's plan. God is the author and creator of all life and knows what is best for us and how we can live life well. And so we are called, like Noah, to step out in faith and to commit to following God's plan. And a natural outworking of this 
is a response of worship. Warren Weasby um, once said that worship is responding to all that God is and does with all that I am and have. George Bernard Shaw said, People who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those who are doing it. Noah had a close relationship with God. And he was prepared to go against the flow, to step out in faith and to do what had never been done before. And while for us today it may not mean building a big boat, God is still looking for people willing to do what others say cannot be done. Let me pray. Jesus you call us to step into faith. You call us to trust. To trust in what you did 2,000 years ago through your death and resurrection, through redeeming mankind, through redeeming people to yourself, to pay the price for our stuff-ups and our sins and to make a way where we can have a close personal relationship with you. But you continue to call us to step out in faith and to trust. And whether we're new to faith or whether we're, we've been a part of this journey of faith with you for many years, whether we're young or whether we're in the fourth quarter of our life, you still call us to step out in faith and at times you will call us to do things that have never been done before. Help us to be prepared to trust you, even if it means that we stand out from the crowd. Amen. So how might we respond today? What might God be saying to us? Well, there's a few questions that I wanted to pose to us today. In what areas of life do you feel most pressured to conform to popular culture? The things that are going around in the world around us. Where do you feel most pressured to conform to that? Where you don't want to stand out from the crowd? How can you live and be a voice for a better way to live? in the things that you don't do and don't say, in the things that you do do and do say? And is there an area in your life that God is calling you to step out in faith, to trust, maybe to do something that you've never done before? And how can we support you and your commitment to follow God's plan for your life? There's going to be some music played, and as that music's played, I encourage you to respond to the things that God's saying to you today. God bless you.